Joseph Smith was born in 1805 in the state of Vermont. He was the fifth of 11 children. His father's name was Joseph and his mother's name was Lucy. The family had several business and farming failures, and many people at this time left New England to settle in the western part of New York to look for better economic opportunities and religious freedom. When Joseph was 10, they settled on a farm in New York near the town of Palmyra and hoped this new farmland would grow crops well. The Smith family was poor, and everyone worked very hard on their farm to provide food and other things they needed. Joseph did not have much opportunity to attend school and learned only the basics of reading, writing, and simple arithmetic. His mother said he was like other boys his age. He was tall, athletic, cheerful, and seldom got angry. He was also quiet, well-mannered, and liked to study and think about important things. He'd often look up at the stars at night and wonder about the majesty of Heavenly Father's creations, his own soul, and all mankind. Joseph's family loved God and wanted to keep His commandments. They read the Bible and prayed together often. Many had spiritual experiences before he was born. One night his grandfather saw a light and heard a voice call his name and prophesied that one of his descendants would do a work to revolutionize faith in Jesus Christ. His aunt was very sick and had a vision that strengthened her faith and that of her younger sister Lucy, who became Joseph's mother. Lucy often went into the woods to find answers to prayers. She prayed for 20 years to find the right church and wrote that just before Joseph was born, she promised God that she'd search for and find it. She saw a vision of her husband and believed the restored gospel would come to both of them. Joseph Sr. attended church meetings with her but never felt that any of them were right. He also had dreams that his family would be a part of God's great work, and one dream was very similar to Lehi's vision of the Tree of Life. These inspired dreams prepared them for their son's future mission to restore the gospel of Jesus Christ. People in this part of New York were very excited about religion. Many traveling preachers provided more religious choices than they'd ever had before. Joseph visited many of their outdoor meetings called camp meetings, and at first the ministers just wanted to bring people to Christ, but soon began to compete with each other to get them to join their particular church. They all claimed their church was true, which was confusing because they interpreted the same scriptures differently and preached conflicting ideas. Joseph wanted to know which church was really true and went to their meetings to learn what they taught. He talked with the ministers and found they each had different ideas and opinions about God and the scriptures. He was confused and did not know which church to join. Many in his family were also confused about which was Jesus' true church. His mother, two brothers, and a sister joined the Presbyterian church. Others were Methodists, and between all of his relatives, there was a member of every church in Palmyra. Many people claimed they'd had spiritual experiences that converted them to a church, but he never felt this and did not join any of them. One day, Joseph read James chapter 1, verse 5 in the Bible. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. To lack wisdom means to not know or understand something, and to upbraid means to scold. He said, Never did any passage of Scripture come with more power to the heart of men than this did at this time to mine. I reflected on it again and again, knowing that if any person needed wisdom from God, I did. 
He knew he lacked wisdom and was confused about which church was true. He pondered this and knew the only way to know which to join was to do what James said and ask Heavenly Father in prayer. He had faith and knew that if this scripture was true, then God would answer his question, like Enos in the Book of Mormon, for the welfare of his soul and all of mankind. He wanted to know which was the true church so he could join it and be forgiven of his sins. On a beautiful spring morning in 1820, Joseph walked to a grove of trees near his home, we now call the Sacred Grove. He'd watched his mother go into the woods many times to find answers to her prayers and was following her example. He said it was early in the spring, which probably meant March or April. This meant the forest was coming out of winter with trees beginning to blossom in many colors and was filled with birds singing and frogs croaking near the stream. He went to a place he'd previously chosen where to pray and said this is where he was cutting trees the day before and had left his father's axe there in a tree stump. Most trees in the sacred grove grow to be just over 200 years old and there are probably still three witness trees left that were there when Joseph said his prayer that morning. He looked around to make sure he was alone and knelt down and started to pray. Joseph said this was the first time he'd ever prayed out loud. As soon as he tried to speak, he was surrounded by a thick darkness and overcome with a power from an unseen being that bound his tongue. His mind was filled with doubt and bad images, and he was afraid that he would be destroyed. With all his strength, he called upon Heavenly Father to deliver him from this evil power. Joseph was immediately freed from this darkness and learned that Heavenly Father has much greater power than Satan. He said, just at this moment of great alarm, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon him, his mind was filled with peace and calm, and his soul was filled with love. Joseph said that the light was brighter than any he'd ever seen, and wondered why everything around him did not catch fire and burn. When writing about it, He first wrote the words pillar of fire, then crossed out the word fire and replaced it with light, showing his difficulty in describing this sacred vision. In the light, Joseph said, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son, hear him. He saw Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and said they looked like each other. Imagine how Joseph felt to know that Heavenly Father knew who he was, and the first word spoken in this dispensation was when Heavenly Father called him by his very own name. Jesus told Joseph that his sins were forgiven, answering his question about the welfare of his soul, and that he should walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Joseph then asked which of all the churches was right and which he should join. Jesus said that he should not join any of them because they were all wrong. He told Joseph to wait patiently and the complete gospel truth would be revealed to him. Joseph later said that Jesus told him many other things that caused him great reflection that he could not write about. When the pillar of light and the heavenly beings left, Joseph lay on his back. 
He said he felt physically drained, but spiritually enriched with this exciting restored truth. The Spirit of the Lord was with me, and I could rejoice with great joy. He felt peace and calm, and his soul was filled with love and joy for many days. He returned home, and when he leaned against the fireplace, his mother asked if he was all right. He said that he was fine, and had learned for himself that no religion on the earth at that time was true. His family believed and supported him in the work he was called to do throughout his life. His father said, My son, do not be disobedient to this heavenly vision. The vision was very different than what was accepted in religion at that time. He told a minister about it who said it was of the devil and that all visions stopped when Jesus' apostles died. Others became angry or made fun of and persecuted him and made him suffer because of his beliefs, even though he was only a boy. They also said there were no more visions, and he'd been deceived by the devil or was lying. This opposition he received affected how and when he would tell about his vision, and from then on he spoke very little about it. Think of all the wonderful things Joseph learned that morning from this vision. He knew that God, our Heavenly Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, were real. He learned that they are two separate individuals with bodies of flesh and bone. He knew that Heavenly Father knew Him by name. He learned that Jesus' true church with His priesthood authority was no longer on the earth at that time, and He was not to join any church. He learned that He would be a part of restoring the fullness of the gospel at a later time. And he learned that Heavenly Father and Jesus care about us and answer prayers in modern times just like in the past. Orson Pratt published Joseph Smith's first vision in Scotland in 1840, and Orson Hyde published a German version in 1842 to help with the missionary work in Europe. Joseph told different people about his vision and emphasized different details with each telling. He published two accounts of the first vision. The most well-known was written in 1838, during a time of serious persecution, when Joseph wrote a history of the church to accurately tell others about it and is found in the Pearl of Great Price. The second was written in 1842 and published in the church's newspaper Times and Seasons. Two other accounts had been found. One was a six-page account written in his own handwriting in 1832 for an unpublished personal history. Another was recorded in a journal by a scribe in 1835 when Joseph told a man about his vision. They each emphasize different details and aspects of the vision, and together they give us a more complete understanding of this sacred and marvelous experience. There are also written accounts from others who spoke with Joseph about his vision. They all give us insight into this important vision and show us that we can also receive our own personal revelation. Throughout his life, Joseph never denied his testimony. He said, Though I was hated and persecuted for saying that I had seen a vision, yet it was true. I had actually seen a light, and in the midst of that light I saw two personages, and they did in reality speak to me. I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it.